Hey folks, Nathaniel here. In today's podcast, you'll hear some acronyms we use internally at Klarna that I wanted to clarify before jumping in. You'll hear us talk about AL, which stands for Accountable Lead. This is the person responsible for a product team and is usually the product manager within the team. Next up, you'll hear us talk about CLs, which stands for Competence Lead. In the context of the product team, this would be the engineering manager. The last acronym you'll hear is IC, which stands for Individual Contributor. All right. Product Fika, episode three. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Product Fika, a podcast in which product managers from Klarna talk about everything product related. So grab a small Fika and join us for a 20 minute chat to step up your product game. Today, we have two new guests with us. We have Hugo, who is the engineering manager of Shopping Payments. And we have the legendary Victor Acosta, who is the accountable lead for merchant product configurations. So welcome to you both. Today, the specific topic that we want to discuss is how product managers should work with their engineering managers. We invited you two specifically because I think you represent two un very unique things. One, Ugo, you're now the AL and CL, but you're you're supposed to be the CL of a team. And, yeah. and Victor, you are uh, the AL of a team, but you're so strong in terms of uh, the technical capabilities. So externally, it feels like you're the AL and the CL. Well, and, thank you. <laughs> and uh, and for me, this is for me and for Nate, it's two very unique things. And we kind of wanted to interview you. How do you work with engineering managers from the engineering manager perspective and also from the AL perspective? Awesome. Awesome. So so Hugo, you and I, we've we've kind of worked together uh, in shopping payments where I was the accountable lead or the, the product manager and you were the engineering manager at the time. And now you're obviously both the engineering manager and the accountable lead. But uh, I'm curious from, for, to hear from your perspective, what is your expectation from working with, with your product manager? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually uh, being privileged to have the opportunity to work on both sides of the aisles and, and, and see a little bit of uh, the perspective from, from which each one. The expectations, first of all, it's something that needs to be defined very early on. I think uh, engineering manager and project managers work best if these things are very well defined uh, from the get-go. So one thing that you did very well when we started being this pair of uh, AL and CL, an engineering manager and, and product manager, was that uh, I think we sat down right and we defined what are the responsibilities for mm -hmm. for me and what are the responsibilities for for you. And uh, we did it on the Metro Retro tool, I believe, right? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. That was so yeah, much yeah. Yeah, and we kind of did a poker uh, way where we didn't see each other's uh, uh, options. And that was really good to align. We we're mostly aligned, which is a really good sign. But I can imagine why some things can be uh, confusing, especially in the in the intersection. And uh, yeah, but overall, it's it's more about um, defining that, being very efficient, because uh, it's no use being in the same meetings all the time. So we really need to play to your strengths. Uh, as an engineer manager, you tend to be to be a bit closer to your team if you're working an engineering team obviously so uh being that person that is involved with the team and uh, knowing what is happening and reporting back to to the product manager i think it's one of the key uh, values that that we bring as engineering managers and on the, the same front the or actually on the other uh, side as a product manager bringing information from the external stakeholders uh, to the team in a way that you, you shield them from some of the, the the hard realities of working in a large organization 
but you also provide the transparency that, that is needed to have a, a team be engaged with your vision for the product and, and, and be, be motivated to, to keep performing. Nice one. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed doing that Metro Retro Board session with you because uh, I remember that I I kind of had no idea what you expected from me. And and I haven't, I mean, I made up my own mind, but uh, having it laid out from your side and, and vice versa, right, was, was really cool. And, and it allowed us to have a, a very open and transparent uh, playing ground, right, in terms of how we work together. So um, I, I think that that was very useful and, uh, and definitely recommendable. To, to product managers. Yeah, uh, I, I do have a question for you. You touched the the overview of okay, that's the AEO responsibility to have the discussion with stakeholders and shield us, the team. But I want to dive a little bit deeper. All right. How do you split responsibility inside the team? I'm, and uh, here I want you to touch a little bit. It's not gonna sound, sound silly, but daily practices, whether it's stand up or groom or, or refinement and uh, interaction with engineers, delegating tasks. Like our listeners out there are junior, mid-tier mid PMs, and could be really nice to hear how, how do a successful team divide the responsibility between engineering manager and product manager. Mm -hmm. I think that this, this can be widened a little bit because um, part of the responsibility of leadership in, in a team is to make sure things run well, that you deliver all of the, the normal stuff, but as, uh, I wouldn't even say a secondary uh, uh, priority, but a big priority as well is to develop your team. So I think there can be something said of, of sharing the responsibilities between the engineering manager and the product manager, but there can also be said on together sharing the responsibility with the rest of the team. So one thing that our team does really well is that we have a rotation for a lot of the responsibilities. So we have what was called, the name went through some iterations. It was the team a person, the teammate, but it's, it's the person that is responsible for driving the ceremonies uh, in, in the sprint. So that changes every every week or every sprint. And uh, that person runs the stand-ups, it runs the, the part of the planning session and the, and the review. And that gives some opportunity for, for the uh, engineers and other uh, ICs in the team to be able to develop as well. So I think it's, I think a good team works well if the engineer, man engineer manager and the project manager are present, but they are not needed as much as uh, maybe in some other teams. So I'll, I'll, I think working on that is a very high leverage effort proper empowered team then. <laughs> and and then for you, Victor, when I think of Victor Acosta, I think of the, the one man band. And it's like, I feel like you're you're the AL and the CL at the same time. And, and it feels like, and this is also true for, for other teams, right? Sometimes the product manager is so much in, in the picture in, in most of the meetings and, and makes a lot of decisions. And uh, um, it, it sometimes feels like the engineering manager is a little bit more in the background. Not to say that the engineering manager is not actively involved and engaged, but you are just the face of the team. I feel, and I think you you mentioned that as well, right, Elon? That, yeah, that that's sure. that's how we how we see that. So we see that with a couple of other accountable leads as well. So curious to hear your your experience with that. How do you work with your engineering manager? And um, and 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 yeah, maybe share some tips and tricks that have led you to become this front runner of your team. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the project that we run uh, or this problem space that we are sitting is is a very complex one in terms of, of, of dependencies, right? So um, Elon knows this very well. We, we, we are in discussions where we need to launch a new product and then everybody depends on this side of the story to be done to everybody to start doing testing, right? So having that in mind, I try to abstract the team of all of this noise because there is a lot of noise. Sometimes we, we are called to meetings where 
don't need to be there. But it's just a matter of, let me understand first if that's what we need to do. If that is what we need to do, let me just get back to the team, put all the details if it's needed, and then get back to you, right? With um, our engineer manager, Carlos, he's extremely strong in terms of managing people and managing the, the technical side of the story. And because we are in, in the very core of, of, of Klarna, we also have a huge amount of, the, of legacy. So we kind of escalated the story into um, kind of all the new stuff coming in and all the noise from all the teams versus the legacy and m managing the team. We have fairly small team till recently. So we also have to be very Swiss block in terms of how we are going to do the stuff and where the people should be. And I was just taking a lot on my shoulders just to shield them and to be for them to be focused on the deliverables. Because once more, we need to be right on time. I mean, Klarna will not wait for Victor Acosta to be ready or not. Klarna will just continue going through, right? So um, that's also like a, a, a Swiss watch. We have to be very on time all the time. What's really impressed me, the way that you work with your team, is that, um, let, let's take, for example, I have uh, a very strong engineering manager in my team as well. He's a very dominant uh, figure in Klarna. Eric Gustafsson, shout out yeah. here. <laughs> and sometimes there's uh, technical discussions or technical uh, questions coming from stakeholders. And I'll find myself in a position that I need to think either I pull Eric in to start answering instead of me, or I'm just being a middleman trying to pass on messages between between one to other. And this dilemma that I'm in is always ending up, okay, Eric, come in and give questions, but then Eric becomes the focal point instead mm -hmm. of me. And I find this problematic because then other questions that I could have answered protected Eric. So Eric can focus on developing the team and are, uh, I'm taking too much of his time. Yeah, I constantly struggle with this, and I wonder how other PMs do it. But to be honest, the, the problem is that your CRM is it's gigantic. I mean, it's impossible for someone to actually know all the stuff that happening behind your product, right? In our case, it's fairly small, right, compared to to you, and and having a holistic view of what we do and how all of that is interconnected, it had helped me to kind of make assumptions or decisions based on that background that I have, right? Don't get me wrong, sometimes I just come to the team and then they say, why are you accepting that? Why are you, why are you making the decision? Why? Um, I also have a very technical background. I'm a computer scientist, right? So um, I changed to product 10, 13 years ago. But um, I kept that side of my story, right? So sometimes when I'm writing tickets to, to, to my team, I just always create a table named X, Y, Z. And they always, they're always uh, mad about it because they, uh, they feel that I'm telling them what to do, not, uh, sorry, how to do it, not what to do. But that, that's part of when you have the conversation between your team, they, they realize that that's my way to kind of transfer, translate the knowledge from product to the technical side of the story. It's not imposing, it's just translating what I'm trying to say and how I'm trying to, to, to bring the user story basically into, into their hands. That's very interesting. And, and I think that having that technical background definitely helps in some areas. And this is where I want to get Hugo's opinion as well, because since we work together, I have a very basic technical background, but I'm nowhere near a computer scientist, right? 
And the the space that Hugo and I worked in is still very, very technical. Mm -hmm. So my lack of technical knowledge there, um, Hugo, how, how was that for you? How, how was it for you to work with a, a product manager who was not, not very technical and couldn't really be uh, decisive when it came to actual technical decisions? Nita always uh, undersells himself. He's, uh, he, he knows more than he, uh, he, he says. But uh, what, how I think about it is that uh, there's given a, an engineer manager and a product manager and, and a certain question, there's like a percentage that the engineer manager uh, needs to answer, and there's a percentage that the uh, accountable lead knows how to answer. And that changes depending on, on the people that you have in the roles, and it also depends on, on of, of the maturity of the team. I do think that that can change over time. So if you have a scenario where you have an engineer manager that is very dominant, as you said, and, and that was the case in payments, I think, uh, uh, in some points of, of the history of the team, uh, that can, I believe that can harm this evolution of the percentage. So if you, uh, as a product manager, is not are not having the opportunity to answer some questions and, and, and have to follow up and find out on your own, if you're always relying on your engineering manager, that percentage split is never going to change. So I do think it's, it comes back to aligning uh, expectations and responsibilities with your engineering manager uh, from the start, that you can say that, okay, I'll bring you in sometimes when I need you. Uh, and of course, you, you can face this much better than, than I can uh, in a more uh, happy way. But uh, after after that, uh, I, I would I would like to also have the opportunity to answer some questions and to, and to really try to find out more about the problem space without relying on you because I, I want to be more independent. And I think having that um, alignment and expectation helps a lot in you being more independent as a as a AL or a product manager. Are there any things that you would not want a product manager to do in terms of how to work with an engineering manager? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. And then I'll get to you, Victor, in terms yeah. of what your experience is. <laughs> that's a very good one. I think um. There's some nuance on how much digested a deliverable needs to be, uh, how much digestion a deliverable needs before going into, into the team. So I think I've had uh, experiences in the past with product managers that tried to do too much. I had a product, uh, actually the CEO of my last company, he he was not from a strong technical background, but he had some. And and he would uh, get a deliverable and, and specify it down to the variable, the, the, the table rows and columns, and, and it was too much. And then that takes some autonomy from the team because you don't have space to be able to grow as a team and to be able to leave your mark. So you feel like you're in this uh, production line or you just get the task and then you execute it. So I think leaving some space in the scope of the task and description of the task for the engineers, I think that's a good thing that uh, uh, engineer, um, that PMs can, can do. My experience has been that, right? So as I told you before, sometimes I use systemical terms as a, as a way of trying to find the proper communication between them. And it's all about communication. I'm not imposing them the name of the table. I'm not imposing them the, the attribute. It's my way to tell them it should be around this. And every time that we put the tickets and we start talking about the user stories, I clarify to them when we're grooming, this is, this is what is in my brain. I'm just dump, brain dumping here. Just, just go and do whatever you need to do. Don't feel pressured that that has to be there, right? But this is something that you cultivate with your team. It's not something that it will come naturally. You need to sit down with them. You need to explain them. And, over and over and over again, they will realize that is the, the, the translation layer, right? That the ticket, that ticket, that story will be the translation layer between the PM, not so technical, into the very technical people. There are some topics that I don't, I don't have an idea. I mean, how Kafka, the string works, or all this stuff. I don't know. I honestly don't care. I'm just telling them I'm sending this message. This is going to be the output after this is received. This is the service have to be has to do this, right? 
and they will do internally everything and then it will be also in, in synchronization calls between i don't know all the big big services that are behind this right so it's just a for me it's just a translation layer that that ticket is just the google translate between a pm and an engineer it's a, a really cool uh, subject as well because it's something that i'm struggling with recently because i don't want to tell the engineers what to do so what i do is uh, i tell them without telling uh, i notice that I, I start doing that so i i say oh here's the the task the undigested task and then i think there's a good way to do this like a b and c but it ends up that uh, as their manager they they feel compelled that they need to do it in this way because uh they are all being evaluated in some way as 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 i see so i think it's it's easy to fall into this trap that you think oh i'm just trying to help them and you might help them in the short term, but I don't think it's good for the long term of, of the team. So not even suggestions sometimes it's, is the best approach to, to passing a, a, a task. Nice. I remember you trying to do that, Hugo. And you, you're, you're very good at that, actually. <laughs> but, but essentially, if I can recapitulate what, what was just said. So um, I understood that as a product manager, it's best to focus on the why and the what and have the team come up with the how, essentially, right? And, and then from your side, Victor, it was a lot about communication, transparency, and, and managing expectations with the team. So making sure that um, everybody is aware of what's happening. Even if you're doing a brain dump, let the team know that you're doing a brain dump and that you're not overwhelming them, but um, that, that they should help you essentially come to, to a, a certain conclusion. So, something that we, we, use, we do a lot in, on, our, on our team is, I mean, we have fairly small tasks to do. But we, sometimes we have fairly massive tasks to do. We recently released a complete new service that is used, it's heavily used in Cyclarna, right? So um, and I just sat down with them and say, I, I wrote one pager with kind of the idea of what we had to do. And okay, you, have, you will have two days to develop the core of, of it, right? You will have two days to, to go through it. And it's what we call a hackathon. It's not a hackathon, but it's a hackathon for us. Uh, they sat down two days and then um, they developed the core of it, the, the basic, the MVP. And after that, they had all the time to develop in the background, right? So we just we just had a small presentation. This is what we need to do. This is the input. Should this be the output? Go for it. And that's it. And this idea came from another very, very strong program manager in Cyclana, Dick T, which has, I don't know, I don't know but it has helped us, at least me, a lot into this process of communication between the program managers and the engineers. Just so I could jump into, into specifics, because uh, sometimes when I listen to podcasts, it sounds great, but I want to know a little bit more. So let's take the example you just said, Victor, and I want you to walk me through what was your responsibility doing this and what was um, your, the engineering manager of the team in that specific interaction? Great question. Yeah. So yeah, what what I know what we need to do, right? I I knew that um, some people will input some data, and KCO will need this data in a proper format in a very very small amount of time to be able to show something to merchants, right? So I wrote basically that in a document, and I shared that document. We sat down with the whole team and the engineer manager, and we present that, right? After I presented, I left the room. I left the building for two days. And they were they were together because I, I would bias that conversation, right? So I left them be and, and Carlos was there just driving the conversation from the technical side of the story. Like we cannot use, I don't know, drop wizard. We need to use Spring. Or if we're going to do this, this has to be kind of the core that we're going to build. 
and this course should talk to this other stuff, right? So I, the, the, it was more into the technical side of the story, like the, diving really deep into the details of the engineering side of, of, of it while I was just input and output. I couldn't care any, any, anything that is happening inside. And the output is not only about data, but also about timing of the data and how critical the data has to be delivered in 0.9999% SLA, right? So all of that things has to be taken into consideration. Other than that, I couldn't care less. Thank you. Elon, I actually have a question for you, mate. Oh. Because you you talked about the fact that you were you felt a little bit like the middleman at yes. times, where you know people uh, come to you and then you'd have to ask Eric and back and forth. I'm I'm curious how how have you managed that situation so far, and and has anything changed? What have you tried? What has worked? What hasn't? I think in the beginning, I insisted on it too much, on making sure that I'm there in the middle on everything, and that just drained me completely. Hmm. Because what good did I do? I just took, it's like a broken phone kind of game in which someone asked me something and then I say it completely wrong to Eric and then Eric is asking me, what are you talking about? And then I'm going back, he doesn't understand. And it goes, it goes like this again and again. And because I, I wanted to, to shield, but I, I did the absolutely opposite. Um, until I realized that Eric has a stake in the product as much as I do. And that the moment that when those technical discussions came in, it just, Eric, join. The engineering manager, come here and join. You care, give your opinion, run the conversation. Let me know when it's too much. And I come back in and I will just uh, sync up. So again, in the beginning, it was an ego-driven, me trying to shield. That's my responsibility. I was trying, but then later on, I realized, okay, there's some things that I, I need help with. And I and I sticked around just to learn. So next time that those kind of conversations came up, I was I was up to date. I, I remember dropping a message to Island one day. It was like, dude, I need help. I have 150 dependencies. How are you? Because your product is very centric too. How how are are you doing it, man? I, I I don't know. Give me give me some tricks because sometimes it gets very complicated, very difficult. And that was the answer, dude. Sometimes it's Eric. Sometimes it's me. We share responsibilities. We have some people in the team that also take some stuff. And that was golden because that, was, that allowed me to, also to Anton, we were discussing with Anton, the other very core service. Uh, it was exactly the same feedback, right? You have to rely on your people to do very technical stuff sometimes. And you need to abstract yourself and, and be in the background and let it run. It might crash at some point. Good. It happened. They will learn. It doesn't matter. We just go and do it again. And that was a very golden uh, feedback that Elon gave me. The, the concept was uh, team member project lead. So in a, if, if you have a, a very uh, product with a lot of dependencies, and obviously you can't do everything by yourself, and I, this is for Nate, this is for Hugo, right? You have very central products. You can't do everything by yourself. So you need to start nominating and delegating. So it's uh, one step towards management. If you have an engineer out there that feels like they want more responsibility or to shine, create a nice document of a big project that comes in, uh, set expectations, how the workload is going to be divided between you, the engineering manager, and the product manager, and set them free. And from that moment on, they're, they're the communication outside, and it's going to make your life a lot better. I think I sent it to you, Victor, right? I was like, hey, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's. I mean, when I received that feedback, I mean, I was kind of apprehensive at the beginning, but then 
we, we adapted in our way, right? So technically, internally, it's just, okay, we are having this issue. You, what, what is your opinion? Or Because it's kind of their baby, right? So they start working with that as their baby. And then it will just grow from the product side of the story. They will always come to me and ask me questions. From the technical side of the story, they will make the decisions. And I'm, I'm good with it. Go for it. Right? But they will ask me, what happened if this and this is the input? What should be the output, right? So that was, for me, very good. A very good feedback. Nice. All right. Um, looks like we're nearing the end of our product, Fika. I have one more question, and I would love to ask from everybody here, what would you recommend a product manager do to improve the, the working relationships with engineering managers? That's a tough question. Uh, there are many things that, that you could do to improve this. We talked about the responsibility definition, but maybe that's uh, uh, some people have already done that. Freaking 101 is something that uh, I, th I think it's very common as well. But one thing that we had, Nate, that was additionally to the uh, the one-on-ones that were for more day-to-day -day subjects is we had this uh, once every two weeks feedback session where we agreed to bring, I think it was two or three specific feedbacks, ideally constructive feedbacks, to one another. And I think that really helps building trust. And it's something that uh, is especially important if you're a new pair of uh, EM and, and, and PM to, to do something like that. But I, I do think it's good for, for any type of a, a EM and PM, even if you've been working for, for a while. Awesome. Yeah, those feedback sessions are really good. How about you, Victor? Yeah, I mean, we, we have those one-on-one -on feedback sessions. Uh, I can add that um, something that we do very well, we did very well, was defining our way of working. I mean, in Clara, you have kind of the umbrella of what you should do, but you can adapt it a little, a little bit, right? So we had a very intensive workshop where we defined how we as a team will work in. One of the things that I mentioned there is that I'm going to say stupid stuff sometimes, and I'm okay saying them, and if you feel that they are stupid, just come to me and say, hey, publicly, I'm okay with that, right? This is not right, you're saying it wrong, but my commitment was to also admit that, right? So when you have that very clear path of communication, um, the engineers feel kind of more, I mean, that's my perspective, that's had the feedback that I have received, right? They, they feel a little bit more open to a PM that just trying to say something and they know that it's wrong and they have the ability to come to you and say, hey, I think you're doing it wrong, right? So, and learning from that process also helped the, 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 the entire communication stream. So, I mean, be very clear. I'm going to say stupid stuff. Bear with me. And if you know that they are stupid, just come, come and say to me, they're, you're wrong, and I will accept it, right? So those kind of stuff help the communication uh, between the engineers, the engineer manager, and the PMs. Another uh, maybe actual uh, suggestion is to take a hard look at your calendar and your um, EM's calendar and see how many meetings you have together if that ratio is, is pretty high, you probably want to reconsider that and, and rediscuss because it's very common for you to be involved in all the meetings together. And we have way too many meetings at Klarna. And, the, and uh, it's, so it's bad for, for lost time, but it's also bad because you don't give the space for either one to really grow into their role and, and understand their, their uh, split of the responsibilities of the, the team. So look at your account. There's a, there's a lot can, that can be done there. I'm now realizing that I'm seeing the engineering manager in too many meetings. <laughs> That's so true. And maybe your, your ICs as well. Maybe they're in, we, we measured uh, recently in our team, and ICs spend 56% of their week on known new deliverables. It's, meetings take apart uh, about 30% of their time. So we've been trying to cut back on that. So taking a hard look, because after all, all you have is time, right, from the engineers. And if you're not taking care of that, you, you're going to have a less uh, 
low output as a team. And I can tell you that engineers hate meetings. So it's, it's good for team morale as well. Very good shot. Very good shot. Well, to all our product manager and engineering manager listeners out there, I hope that you have a good set of tools here to find ways to improve your, your relationship, your working relationship with your engineering manager, and to step up your product game. By the way, it looks like we, uh, we are all out of our FICA. Finished it. Finished it. All right. Victor, Hugo, it was great having you both on. Thank you so much for joining. Really, really good session. And uh, yeah, see you all next time. How do you have time to actually do a, a podcast? Weekend, my friend. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's that's well, how. Yesterday was like, <laughs> you're not running. Both of you are not running a small team, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>